Hey everyone, welcome to Construction DEI Talks, a podcast where we will talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion as it relates to the construction industry. My name is Jorge Quesada, and I am the Vice President of Inclusive Diversity at Granite Construction. And joining me as co-hosts are Stephanie Roldan, Director of Lean Culture at Rosaden, and Abby Combs, Inclusive Diversity Partner at Granite Construction. On each episode, we're gonna open up the floor for conversations with subject matter experts about how we can make the industry a more diverse and inclusive place for everyone and make our industry stronger. Welcome everyone to Construction DEI Talks podcast. As always, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Rosenden Electric, whose mission is building quality, building value, and building people, and Granite Construction, America's infrastructure company. And also, I'd love the audience to know that they can follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and in our very own website. We're growing this thing, right? You can reach us at constructiondeitalks.com. It's really exciting because not only are we evolving from the content, the people that we're going to interview, but just want to share some news. In the past, we've had three co-hosts and, and Abby Combs. We mentioned in, in previous episodes that she was out on family leave, and, and we just learned that, that she gave birth to a beautiful baby girl, and we're excited of having her back. But more importantly, we want her to spend time with their daughter. And, and Stephanie, why don't you share the other good news that we have? Yeah. And the other great news is that we have Tayasha Baker Bunch joining our team also from the Rosenden side of the family. So she's vital to our training team. She's been interested in this work. She's educated through university and some very interesting subjects. And so we're bringing her and her worldview to the table. That's awesome. Welcome, Tay. Hey. <laughs> so excited to be here. This is awesome. No, you know, and what's really cool is now that we have four co-hosts, we're going to be able then to expand our reach into interviewing other people, other subject matter experts in diversity, equity, and inclusion. And as an audience, we'd love for you to give us some feedback, share your thoughts, share your ideas on what topics in the construction industry around diversity, equity, and inclusion that we want us to cover. And then that way, the four of us can then start going out and interviewing the people that you want to listen to. One of the things that we wanted to do today, we wanted to do check-ins after we've had a couple episodes in just to do kind of like a recap and share our thoughts. And just to get us going, we asked Tay to, to host us and to, to ask us the questions. So we're going to be the guests. So <laughs> Stephanie, here we go, right? We're going to get interviewed. started off with because we started this whole podcast and we interviewed the CEOs of both Rosenden and Granite. And so these are your bosses and you asked them some really insightful and deep questions that I want to know based on just the conversation you have with them, because that's one of the greatest things we do on our podcast. Is we just have conversations. What did you maybe learn that you didn't know about how they are trying to move forward with the company? And what are some things you really took from that conversation. Stephanie, you want to go first? Yeah. One of the things that I took from that conversation is that entering this space is not easy for them. And this is something I'm discovering about myself is sort of 
the speed at which I want to go is not the comfortable speed at which everyone else wants to go. And understanding how fast is your organization moving? And so just entering that conversation with, with Mike in particular and saying, here's where you are, here's where I'm at. Where's the rest of the company has been very insightful for us, right? To go and get a temperature gauge of where else is everyone else that we're trying to lead? And can we moderate speed so that we can find a balance in, in how we move our objectives forward? And I think to build on what Stephanie just said, what hit me in that interview was how committed they were to learning about diversity, equity, and inclusion, how committed they were into putting it into play, into practice, and how committed they were into being in the front, the tip of the spear for our industry, especially in this platform. On episode one, you really get to hear the vulnerability that they have and the introspection that they had for self. They projected out and they amplified how they work amongst each other and their leadership teams and the, the ebb and flow that Stephanie talks about that takes place as them and the cadence and the pace that they're creating. And then ultimately you heard them talk about what happens beyond Rosaden, what happens beyond Granite and what goes on outside of the industry and why do they feel that this work is so important, especially when we're talking about workforce development. And I think Mike did a really great job on that piece around talking about that we need to bring other talent from other talent pools into our companies. And then you heard Kyle really focus on how he processes this work. It's not something that you go to a workshop or read a book and all of a sudden you got it. It's something that you have to be working on. So very insightful question. Thank you for that. So we started, like we said, with episode one, the vulnerability and kind of recognizing these two companies who are just kind of getting into this and where they're at pace wise. And then we followed it with Vicki O'Leary and Shirley Engelmeyer, who are two women who have been in this work a little bit already for a while. And they kind of discuss their feelings on it, where they've come with it and how they got into it. What was something surprising that you learned from the female perspective on this work? I think what we got from the perspective, and I'm going to let Stephanie really talk about the side of the trades, because that was for us, for me, let me say it that way, specifically a home run, because I needed to learn what a woman in construction thinks about, goes through. I talked to a lot of women here at Granite, but from a trades perspective, it was a whole different level of conversation. So if you think about it, Mike and Kyle talk about leadership in a home office type of approach. We get to talk about people in, in home offices and leaders, and that's who I was speaking to. But Vicky brought it home from a trade perspective. And then Shirley led with inclusion. So, Steph, what did, you know, what were you thinking, you know, when Vicky and why? You were the one that actually reached out to Vicky. So my reach out to Vicky really was inspired by a conversation that you and me and Abby were having when she was preparing for her maternity leave. Mm. I remember you saying a statement like after we had mentioned that women sometimes hide their pregnancies at work because you don't want someone making comments or whatever the case might be. 
And you said something like, well, I don't think women would hide it in the office. Oh, I remember that. And Abby said, I wouldn't be so sure. Yes, he called me out on it. Yes. And so then I remember thinking the perfect person to talk about the challenges of women in construction when it comes to maternity leave is Vicki O'Leary. And that mm. was why I reached out because I've seen her on the stage talking about how the iron workers had created a program that would allow them to have maternity leave and that, you know, all of the contractors are paying into this pool and they get their six weeks of leave paid for. Mm-hmm. And I was like, she's going to know the challenges that women in the trades yes. went through. Because if you can build a program like that, and then the other program that I knew she had started from the ground up was the Be That Guy program, a program ultimately sort of spurred from a woman's death on a job site, truthfully, a murder on a job site from a male who had been harassing her for a long time and then ultimately led to her death. And I knew those two programs hit to the things that women are most challenged with on a day-to-day basis when it comes to one, already working in the trades if you chose to, or the hesitancy to join. I remember that I thought, wow, as a practitioner, I miss this. As a man, my bias around this piece came out. And I think that this is what we want to do with this podcast. We want to show people that our brains, if you have a brain, you're biased. We're all biased. And it comes in, a, in various ways. And we need people around us to help us identify those biases. And I think for Shirley, one of the things that we did was her background is talking about inclusion as a business strategy. And so for her and why we wanted to bring her to the podcast was we wanted to show how critical inclusion is to be successful in the space. We could do this great job of bringing a lot of women into the industry. Companies could do a great job of bringing more people of color, promoting them, doing developing and doing all this stuff. But if you're not inclusive, the very cadence of bringing them in and the pace that you bring them in is the same pace that you're going to find as they leave because the environment is not going to be set up for them to be engaged or that they can thrive in. So yeah, in our first three episodes, those are the ones that we hit. And the the woman perspective was important because even Shirley shared some stories about her as a woman and what she went through and how she progressed in corporate America. I also thought it was important to have it because, again, a lot of people might not know this, but Stephanie started out in the trade. That's how we got here. Mm-hmm. So she had her own personal experiences. And I think for a lot of women, again, who are in the trade, considering going into the trade, things you just might have heard, anyone listening, male, female, everyone, sometimes you think these things are taboo or they're from the 1950s. You don't think they're still happening now, but these are just facts of life at this point. These are people telling their true stories and we have to really take heed of it and pay attention to it, which brings me to my next question Mm. based on Alex Willis, who gave us the male African-American perspective or just person of color perspective where he went into a situation with people who looked just like him, but he didn't vibe with them. It didn't work out well because of the way he grew up versus the way they grew up. And we, as people have experienced that, I know I have, I've gone into situations where 
we all look the same, but we don't all feel the same or think the same. Mm. And it brings up those same things when you go on to job sites. And this is not even construction. This is in general. You can walk into any business and everyone has different experiences in life. So they make you feel some kind of way about certain experiences. So from our conversation with Alex Willis or the conversation Stephanie had, because Jorge was out that day, but I know he listened. (laughs) (laughs) What is one of the takeaways you got from the work Alex is trying to do, especially when he understands his own biases and you understanding yours? The thing that is an interesting takeaway, and and obviously I got to have a really in-depth conversation with Alex, is that we somehow think that bias is only like for like people that aren't like me. But the truth is, is you have bias about people just like you too, right? So we found this like thing where we always think it's somehow gender-based or it's it's ethnicity-based or it's color-based. And the truth is, is there's so many layers for us to unpack along the way around our biases. Like I might prefer to work really, really fast. And so people who think for a really long time Sometimes I am very challenged with that, right? But when I started knowing more about myself, then I could start to see what I was doing, right? Where it's like, why am I, why am I applying pressure to that person to make a snap judgment? And no way in the world is that person going to feel comfortable making a snap judgment the way that I would, because I'm much more action-based. Mm. And some of the conversation went into sort of the socioeconomic, right? We, we all get different upbringings, whether we grew up in the middle class, if we, you know, were lower middle, whether or not we grew up, you know, in the upper class, all of that plays into what will create the way we see and view the world. And Mm -hmm. Jorge said it, right? We're all biased. And I don't think we should think that is a bad thing. The truth is it only exists because our brain is trying to keep us alive, right? So it's creating a bunch of shortcuts. But here's the thing, we're all intelligent human beings, and we can slow ourselves down to really figure out what is going on. I don't know how much I can build on that, but I will tell you, because I did listen to that podcast and I was having some major FOMO because I wish I would have been there asking him questions. And for those of you that may not have heard the FOMO phrase, it's fear of missing out. I will tell you that that just reinforced a couple of things for me as a practitioner of this work. The first thing is that as practitioners, we talk about there's a golden rule, right? Treat people the way you want to be treated. And that has served us well. But as we have evolved, as we move beyond, this work is challenging us to treat people the way they want to be treated. And the reason why that is important is because in that podcast, what I was hearing was, it's important for us to know people as individuals before we put them in a bucket, before we put them in a box and say, oh, because he's Black, he has the same experience. Black people, it's not a monolith. They're made up of different people. Same thing with Latinos. And the example I'll give you right now in our in the Latino culture, and I say Latino right now, there are people who want to correct me very quickly and say, no, I'm Hispanic. And then there's some people that say, no, I'm Latinx. And then some people are saying, no, I feel some kind of way about Latinx, call me Latine. And you have all of this happening all at once. And one of the things that happens is, is if you follow the golden rule, You will say, I want to be called Hispanic, therefore, everyone should be Hispanic. I want to be Latino, everyone should be Latino, right? And Latinx and so forth. 
And I think we need to be able to stop and pause and say to ourselves, wow, if Stephanie wants to be called Hispanic, good for you, Stephanie, you're Hispanic. And then she looks at me and says, well, if you want to be called Latino, good for you. Now, how do we then come together and move our culture forward? When I was listening to it, I was like having this uh, kind of like mental gymnastics in my head thinking, wow, you know what? This is the classic platinum rule. We have to treat people the way they want to be treated. So that was the takeaway for me. This is that this work, and that's why I think this work sometimes freaks people out, is because we say, this person and this person look alike. Oh, I'll treat them the same. No, this work says this person is this person, this person is this person, and they want to be treated differently. And you have to be aware that every day you come into the office, every day you go to a work site, every day you engage in conversation. So with that being said, we asked the same question to every person we interview at the end. What would you want people to be? What would you want them to know? And what do you want them to do? So I ask it to the two of you. I would like people to be brave. If we don't do it and we're not brave enough to do it, nothing will ever change. So I, I want you to be brave. I want you to know that you're not alone in this work. All of us are trying together and we're gonna probably make mistakes and it's okay. People are going to provide grace and we're going to move forward. And what I'd like you to do is just take your first step forward, whether that be looking at your friend group and realizing, hey, all my friends look like me. I wonder why that is. Or looking around and saying, my friends don't look like me. So what's going on here? What is it that we have that is same? What is it that we have that's different? And making an ability to just keep building your friendships. Because to Jorge's point, if I get to know Jorge as an individual, I know that he wants to be Latino. I know that he has a son who loves music. I know that his wife is a hairstylist. So that starts indicating all the different cultures and ties that I can have, right? My brother's also a hairstylist. I know a little bit about what happens in a hair salon. But if I'm not getting to know Jorge as an individual and as a person, I'm not making that connection. Thank you for putting me in this position and giving me the being the second one to answer that question. Those are three pretty you know, intense questions. I would want people and I'm going to stick to the podcast if that's OK. I would want them to be curious and I want them to be engaged and I want them to be participative. And so I want them to provide feedback for us. What I want them to know is that. We are being fluid with this concept of this conversation. We're being intentional about the impact that we want to make. We want to make an impact in this industry around this conversation around diversity, equity, and inclusion. So what we want them to know is that go on a journey with us and be open. And then finally, what we want them to do, first of all, subscribe to the podcast, right? Subscribe to the podcast, tell a friend, rate us, because that rating allows the podcast to be messaged out and amplified out broader. And then also bring it into your company, share it with the people within your company and let it become part of a fabric of conversation that you may have. Because ultimately what we wanna do is we wanna have a broader talent pool, right? We just wanna provide the value, I think, in the conversation and be able to show people 
how you can have these discussions and in a polarized environment, find a solution in the middle. That's really what I would say. That is awesome. And again, to all of our listeners, this isn't going to be the only time we do a check-in with the host. So if you have questions, you want to ask them directly, send it to us, whether it's through our website, LinkedIn Learning, Twitter, Instagram, you name it, we got it. The website itself. If you guys have a particular person you really would like us to interview or talk to, definitely, again, hit us up there. If you are someone who wants to get on our podcast, you want to sponsor us, again, reach out to us. We are totally totally open and available for all of it. We thank you all for your time and energy. Thank you, Granite and Rosadin, and have a wonderful week. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of Construction DEI Talks, and we hope you'll join us for our next episode. If you'd like to learn more about how you can make the construction industry a better place to work, please visit our website or reach out to us on Twitter, LinkedIn, or Instagram. There you will find more information on the latest developments in diversity, equity, and inclusion. You can find our webpage and email address and links to social media in the show notes. We'd love to hear from you. So be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. We'll catch you next time on Construction DEI Talks.